Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Monday night at the Mid-South Coliseum. I will be your announcer today, Lance Russell. Today, you will be seeing the Nightmares versus Jesse Ventura and Ken Patera. You have the Von Brauners versus the Interns, Jerry Jarrett versus Tojo Yamamoto, and for your junior heavyweight championship, Jerry the King Lawler will defend against Andy Kaufman. No, I'm, I'm just joking. I definitely don't have the voice of Lance Russell. And this is not 1970s and 80s Memphis wrestling, but it kind of is. Kind of, maybe, kind of. Of course, we are the Attitude Era Wrestling Review Podcast, where you get your weekly dose of 25 years ago this week wrestling. And I am your armchair booker of the year, Drew. And, of course, as always, my tag team partner, Arnold. Arnold, did you get the 1980s Memphis vibe out of this show? Uh, maybe from the venue. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> then, I, then I will enlighten you on some things throughout this show. I will enlighten you and tell you why this was a love letter to Memphis wrestling. Yes, I said wrestling. Wrestling. Right. Yes, folks, we are. It is October 14th, 1996, and we are in Memphis, Tennessee, in the Mid-South Coliseum for WCW Monday Nitro. And as always, hour one, we're going to start with Tony Schiavone and Larry, the please stop saying odor Zabisco. And we start off with a replay of last week's ending with the Hogan, Savage, and Miss Elizabeth Angle. All right, great. We ended with a an, an in-ring segment. We hate that. Yep. <laughs> Definitely hate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason we hate it, and they keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they keep doing that. It's... It's insane. Oh, but before we jump into this all the way, how you been, Arnold? How you been? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. You know, just uh, living one day at a time, watching some wrestling. Yep, yep, you know, yep. Trying not to let that existential dread sip in. Oh, uh, well, don't slowly. watch Raw. <laughs> 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 yeah, that show can be just described as existential dread true that i'm waiting for that to be the next big pay-per-view wwe presents this month's four-hour extravaganza existential dread where each match just gets worse and worse and more convoluted and boring don't forget the three-hour pre-show yeah yeah Ugh. Let's not even get. Let's not even. I'm not in the mood to get into old. This this show made me kind of sort of happy, but 
I will say this about this show. Did you know that Dickinson was a wrestling fan? No. Because this was the best of shows. It was the worst of shows. I think we mentioned it on our last Raw review, probably for the same day, the 14th, that this show was the tale of two shows. The first half where they're unopposed and they're like, screw it, just we don't care. And the second half, we're actually going to give them something to figure, well, something we figure they'll actually might want to see. Because, <laughs> I mean, looking at the first half of this show, it's like, why? Why am I looking at this, in some cases, for the third straight month? Yep. And then we flip the page and go, oh, well, this ain't too bad. Not at all. But, anywho, so Memphis, Tennessee, Mid-South Coliseum on a Monday, which is where Jarrett ran every Monday night for 12, 13, 14, 15 years. Almost always sold this building out, especially when you had almost every week the guy named Jerry Lawler headlining it. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. You know, people people complain now because we have way too many rematches. Like, all they get is rematches. They get, like, especially WWE, and they do probably way too many. But, and then they're like, people point at, AEW doesn't do rematches at all. They also don't do programs at all. They don't do feud, proper feuds either. No. You can't do a feud or a program without some kind of rematch. That's the whole point of the feud. Mm -hmm. the, the heel screws the baby face the first time, and you come back with some kind of stipulation to counter that. Then, well, he's, he foils that again. Then you come back with a different one until finally your good guy goes over and everybody throws the babies at the end. Yep. Or maybe the heel just gets the better of him because he's the better man. He just, who knows? There's a reason to do rematches. Oh, all right. What was our first match on the card on this one, Arnold? It's the first matchup we had. We had the man of a thousand holds or moves or the Iceman. Doesn't matter. It's Dean Malenko taking on Brad Armstrong. And uh, what can I say about this match other than the fact that the crowd did not care? Not at all. <laughs> which is and sad i guess uh right it, it, it was because i mean it, i mean from my perspective me watching it wasn't a terrible match um i mean malenko looked great armstrong didn't look too bad in this match but the crowd was more concerned with the nwo for some reason yeah which you know whatever and apparently this was a uh kind of a, i guess they had a match at a wcw saturday night in which uh, it was one of those, well, speaking of the 80s, uh, one of those both men's shoulders were down, so who got the win kind of deal. Yeah. I and, uh, believe it was, uh, if I remember correctly, I, I didn't write it down. I believe it was Armstrong got the win on Saturday night. Yes. And, yeah, this was a rematch from that. So here we go. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there was a lot of hammer locks and chin locks kind of hold it, kind of started out and. For me right there, I was kind of like, mm, I don't know about this. But, uh, man, honestly, like I said, overall, to me, I mean, it wasn't a terrible match. 
Except for uh, maybe Mr. Armstrong might want to consider a legitimate finisher. Or a haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, the one thing that got me, I thought Armstrong would be way more over being in the South, being the son of Bob Armstrong here. But, I mean, he he was. He was definitely the clear baby face in this match. And they were cheering when they did for him. But I thought he'd be a little more over than this. Right. But, um... What did we miss? Why does Malenko have Mysterio's mask? That's a good question. I noticed that too, and they slightly I, alluded I, to it, but never told the story. I'm, so, I mean, we'll figure it out eventually. I'm sure we'll find out at Halloween Havoc. Yeah, um, I'm. I know they didn't unmask him completely because that doesn't happen until a few years later, and <laughs> oh, let's not talk about that. That's like the opposite of Glacier. That makes my blood boil. <laughs> I could, I mean, if you want, we, I know last week we talked about a lot of top 10, top five, top three lists. Top 10 stupidest booking decisions would be unmasking Rey Mysterio. Oh, yeah. I didn't like it a few months ago when they did it at Disney on that NWO attack angle. I hated that. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this wasn't your cruiserweight high-flying, and I don't know why they keep calling Brad Armstrong cruiserweight. He's definitely not under 205. No, but, there's no way. But this was this was your, you know, your mat wrestling clin- clinic right mm-hmm. here. You oh, know, yeah, very technically sound. Holds, counters. You, I mean, it looked pretty good. Um, That nice little three-quarter Nelson pin Malenko had, that was pretty sweet looking. Yeah, it was. Uh, which I guess I just gave away the finish. Malenko won on a three-quarter Nelson pin. Well, there you go. <laughs> In case you didn't know, I mean, should be watching along with us, but who knows? Maybe you listen to us first and watch it for what we point out, which is fine. Or maybe you watch it and say, hey, they saw something I didn't, or I saw something they didn't. And if you saw something we didn't, shout us out and let us know. Right. At AWR Pod on Twitter. Yep. Um. But yeah, I like I like this match. I mean, it was pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought so too. I was like, I really thought it was, and honestly, like it. In my opinion, I feel like the crowd, like I said, they were too busy worried about the NWO, and it's like y'all. And yeah, like you said, it was Matt wrestling. It was a very technical match, like, and that's the thing I liked about it. I said, like I said, my only gripe is the fact that Armstrong's uh, finisher was a little Russian leg sweep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, use a little work there, um, but yeah. that's just my opinion. I mean, hell, you could have spiced it up and did an inverted Russian leg sweep. That would have made a little more sense to me. But I'm not him. I won in the ring. I didn't book it. Go forward <laughs> and do the old Dennis Condry one, like the Miz uses now. Mm-hmm. Which most people don't realize the Miz didn't invent that. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, I don't think I don't know if Dennis Condry did either, but I know he used to do it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, nobody invents anything pretty much in wrestling anymore. If it's just how to kill themselves with light tubes and stupid stuff, but right. I had this channel on YouTube. I used to follow. I used to watch a couple. Of, I'm not going to say the person's video. I'm not going to down them all publicly, but. I used to watch some of their video wrestling videos on YouTube, but they posted a video the other day that said GCW is the indie promotion to watch. 
nope, unfollow, unsubscribe, not listening to you anymore because I'm not going to watch idiots cut themselves with pizza cutters and fluorescent light tubes, and that's not wrestling. I'm sorry. No. It's idiot, idiots, you know, being stupid and killing, trying to kill themselves over something we know is not real. Yep, that's, that's basically mm. how that goes, man. Like, I don't know. Like, this is all that's a whole different style of whatever, and I, it's like that's I, not my thing. I like what somebody put on Twitter the other day. It's not wrestling; it's gore porn. That's pretty much all it is. Yeah, I mean, if you need panes of glass, fluorescent light tubes for entertainment, maybe you need to see a psychiatrist. Sorry, it just. I mean, even if we look here, what we're going to get in the quote-unquote hardcore division in a few years. Nothing like that. It was still all working. You know, nothing mm -hmm. stupid. Like, let's take a pizza cutter and cut someone's tongue on live TV. Oh, Domino's has a problem with that? I wonder why. Right. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, back to reality and decent wrestling what'd you give this as a grade as a grade uh honestly i like i said i i enjoyed the match very like just i can't say it enough just technically sound i've said that like six times maybe i gave it a b this is definitely a b um honestly could have been an a for me if the crowd had actually been a little bit more into it not taken away from these guys so i feel like a b was completely fair I'm going to steal your line. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> stealing finishers. I'm stealing, I'm stealing quotes, lines, gimmicks, whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, B. Yeah, I, I could see that. I gave it a B plus. I really like this. It was really entertaining. But that's more my style of match. I prefer the technical, you know, crisp, looks completely legit match over some of the high-flying stuff. So this was fine. But this, I will say this, this is Malenko and Armstrong. This match would not have worked with like Malenko and Mysterio. Mm. But Myster I'm, not I'm not saying Mysterio can't do this kind of match. He, he's a masterful worker. I'm sure he could. I'm saying at this point in 1996, he shouldn't do this match. Right. right. And that's why I wouldn't have liked it. But this, Malenko and Armstrong, both, as we have said, who had the over-under on technically proficient because this was technically proficient. <laughs> uh, yeah, Malenko went, goes over. That's also the right, definitely the only call. I like the fluke on Saturday night coming back to get his revenge. So I'm assuming Malenko's, since he's got Mysterio's mask, I'm assuming he's coming after that title. All right, cool. Any final thoughts? No, that's pretty much it for me on that one. Mm, all right. Well, we go to the back and we see a black limo pull up. It's got to be the NWO. And it's the NWO. Surprise. And apparently that limo is a clown car because, my God, so too many people are already getting out of this vehicle. <laughs> Remember when the NWO was three, four people and it was perfect? And now it's mm -hmm. what eight, seven, seven or eight. See the Completely original oversaturated original three giant 
DiBiase, uh, X Pac, uh, Virgil, Virgil, yeah, Vincent, Vincent, is it Vincent or Virgil? I can't remember where he is at this point. Maybe call him Vincent WCW. Okay, is this before or after he became the Redneck Cowboy? I can't remember. Ah, that I don't remember. You don't remember like which it is or him becoming a he was a redneck cowboy for a while. I don't remember which. Oh, which okay. Which. Um, the fake sting that's eight. I think that might be well. Buff Bagwell's mom's apparently going to join next week. Oh, wait. No. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're up to eight. We've doubled the if you want to count giant as the original, more. I mean, we've more than doubled the original of three. I can see the giant because that was a you know a nice turn and they needed a big guy, and I know Nash is big, but they needed you know a monster. Yep. Past that, DiBiase is a manager. I can get that one. I can see that. Let's keep it on one hand. X Pac, no, sorry, or six, one, two, three, kid, whatever. And everybody else is just. No, and eventually we'll get there, but this is going to be the downfall of the NWO. And the WCW. And Yep. They rode the horse. So, well, it's not so much that they rode the horse too long as they just put too much weight on its back and killed it. Oh, speaking of things that are killed, oh, I wish they'd kill this next match. (laughs) VK Wall Street versus Jim Duggan. And as soon as this match was introduced, I'm like, what? I've seen this. Several times. And I went back and looked at the notes. I'm like, this has been going on since August. Why am I still seeing Jim Duggan versus VK Wall Street? This... I wrote, why are they still feuding? This has been going on since August. But this... I realized that soon this was all about what they're going to talk about and not really the match. This was probably the first two guys standing near Gorilla. Hey, go have a match. Yep. This was all about Nick Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, he apparently put on a mask and was on the Saturday night NWO show as their ref. Even though it's totally not him, even though he's like the tallest ref and has that voice that you could hear him counting <laughs> which i found it kind of ironic kind of hilarious and kind of kind of kayfabe breaking a little bit did you notice when they played the video of him counting have you ever heard a ref count out loud when he pounds the mat one two three nope me either so why was he doing it there because they needed his voice it's always just <laughs> not one, two, three. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> even, even if they, okay, I will, even if they do count out loud, have you ever heard one that had like apparently a mic shoved right in his mouth as he was doing it? Nope. Where you could hear that plainly? No. That kind of, kind of killed, well, yeah. kind of killed the whole thing. Not, well, not the whole thing. The whole, I've been done with this Nick Patrick crap for a long time. No kidding. Because the first thing, one of the first things he did was pull 
Scott Hall away from a splash, and no one apparently we're just forgetting that the that's like shooting somebody in the face and then kicking him, and we're worrying about the kick. <laughs> well, he shot him in the face, but but he kicked him. But he shot him in the face like two months ago. You know, you get the point. So why are we worried about him working their show when he helped them in the ring? Not really logistical. I guess we're just supposed to forget that. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, speaking of things we're supposed to hopefully forget, BK Wall Street and Jim Duggan are still in the ring. All right, so this match went on for a while. The crowd started chanting USA at Jim Duggan again because apparently VK Wall Street is foreign. Well, I mean, well, he is from the north, apparently. But Wall yeah. Street, I mean, I'd say that's pretty foreign to Tennessee. That's true. That's true. <laughs> if you don't put sugar in your tea, folks, you're way too north. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this... I, the only thing about this match is I like the ending. Duggan pulls out the tape, goes to use it. Wall Street steals it and tries to use it. Then Duggan just shoulder tackles him and pins him. I like the tape spot, but the just the you were talking about the Russian leg sweep finisher. This was a shoulder tackle. Like one of the most common spots is shoulder tackle, drop down, leapfrog arm drag to start a match this just finished it uh, i guess maybe they were running out of time screw it let's just go home <laughs> did you get that at all i didn't really understand that when i figured oh yeah i don't even have an explanation for that I was like, that's what I figured maybe too. It was like, well, boys, let's get this. We'll wrap this one up, hit the pay window, head to the house. Like, you know, like that's basically what I got from that because it, it seemed pretty abrupt. Very, yeah. I, I don't know. This was here. I didn't care. It wasn't, it was okay in the ring. Two guys knew what they were doing, but it got nobody over it did nothing to further anything. Even the Nick Patrick stuff, nobody cares at this point. I gave this just a straight C. It was there. It got bleh. Yep, and I'm inclined to agree with that. That's the same grade I gave it. It was just a flat C. Because, um, <clears throat> I mean, for what it was, they put on I mean, a decent match for what it was. Um, and of course, I mean, I'm a hacksaw fan and, and Mike Rotunda is not a bad wrestler either. So it's like, look, I mean, like you said, you got two guys are good workers that know what they're doing. So, <laughs> I mean, so what if the, uh, guys in the back just put on blindfolds and threw darts at a wall, you know, it's no big deal. It's not their fault. <laughs> exactly. Let's see. I can't remember. Okay. There it is. I was like, I can't remember. I was like, I didn't remember there was a segment there. I'm surprised there wasn't. All right. So <laughs> next up, we have. <laughs> Sorry. I was previewing uh -oh. our next match. Are we, are we done? Because <laughs> I don't find that very humorous. Speaking of which, oh! next match. <laughs> 
Next up, we have Hugh Morris versus Jim Powers with Teddy Long, player. Holla, holla. And uh, speaking of, when they started this match, did you catch the rib on uh, Jerry Lawler? Uh, I sure did. Totally. I caught the piece of it, didn't exactly hear all of it. And I'm like, they thanked Lawler for something. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, they said something. It was like, uh, I want to thank Jerry Lawler for helping us get all these people in these seats or whatever, like the biggest crowd or something like that. And then uh, Zabisco said something. He's, he's going to be at the, or no, I think it was Shivani said he's going to be at the flea market on Thursday or something like that. Oh, dang. I was like, ooh, I was like, that was kind of harsh. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Yeah, I guarantee Lawler could have been in the building next door and put more butts in the seats than WCW would have. Oh, I guarantee that. If if I Lawler that. if you you could have had Outlaw Mud Show Rassler next door in a flea market and said Jerry the King Lawler versus a tackling dummy, and it would have drawn more than this in Memphis. Sorry. Could you it imagine would've. a promo he would have cut on that tackling dummy? That'd have been great. <sighs> <laughs> 20 bucks that he would have had a better match than what you Morris and Jim Powers were about to have you ain't kidding and when I say this one went on a little bit longer than it should have it went on a lot longer than it should have oh goodness where to even start with this um I'm gonna be honest with you like even now I mean we've heard this dude's name a lot <clears throat> I'm not sure who Jim's Jim Powers is or what his gimmick is supposed to be. Because, I mean, to me, honestly, he kind of looks like generic babyface. He's job guy number two. But for go. some reason, they gave a job guy a manager. Up against another job guy. Yeah. Which... I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, I mean, well, I would, I would say no disrespect to Bill DeMott, but, you know, anyway. Um, <clears throat> oh, m- mass disrespect to build them on it. Screw yeah. that guy. Seriously. And it's like, I mean, you're talking about this dude is, was it, was it the, he was with the Dungeon of Doom, wasn't he? He was like the D squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's the- like, dude, you like, what, well, I didn't, I didn't really get the point of this match, I guess. And I guess, I don't know, maybe it was the further along the whole Nick Patrick BS because once again, who's your ref? Nick Patrick. We're in that goofy neck brace. Oh. oh my goodness I, I, oh, you, I love how you said that and put your hands literally down your head you can't see him folks but he literally just cradled his head down into his hands going oh my goodness the first thing I wrote was why am I supposed to care about this why <laughs> no kidding and, and on top of that I mean you get was it, I believe it was Two different pin attempts where Nick Patrick's kind of like one, two. Oh, his neck hurts. He did. What? Yeah, I mean, I. I speaking of that, what? Oh my goodness. <clears throat> I get that your neck hurts. Do you have to work it every single time? I don't think anybody in the crowd is going to care if you pop down real quick for one. They're not going to be like, uh, 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 uh. Or, I mean, I, I wouldn't have cared. Or, I cannot remember his name. There used to be an old, I cannot, Bronco Lubich, was it him? I can't remember who it was. 
an old referee and world class. This guy was in his like set. He was used to be a wrestler. Then he transitioned to he was part of the office, so he owned part of the territory. So, you know, he was always figured in. So they always he was referee. And he was old. He got really old and he couldn't get up and down off the mat. So he would just stand in the corner and stomp his foot. Can Nick Patrick not do that? Right. I mean, stomp, stomp, stomp. I mean, I'd like to put a foot somewhere in Nick Patrick ankle, his angle right now. Not so much him. It's not, I'm not hating on the guy personally, but yeah. I'll repeat myself. Why am I supposed to care about this? This is you, Morris, versus Jim Powers. And this match, to me, was two things. We're giving you, Morris, a slight push, and this is to make Nick Patrick look, you know, a little more heelish. I mean, that's basically all I got from it. And um, my thing is, if you're going to do that slow, kind of one, two, like – I would honestly, I would maybe if I were going to do that, maybe do it with a more high profile match where something actually, you know, means something where people are actually still watching. Exactly. And help push another storyline along. But it's like this was another one of the things where somebody's in the group, two guys are in a gorilla position. Like, hey, you guys just go out there and have a match. Like, we need to make Nick Patrick look evil or something. Excuse me. And it was just uh, I I couldn't really make heads or tails of this. Like I didn't know. Well, obviously, Hugh Morris was the the heel in this match, but it's just like uh, outside of that, I feel like the bickering between Teddy Long and Nick Patrick at the end of the match was more interesting, in my opinion. That was just my opinion. Yeah, Teddy. I thought I thought Teddy's were already grab grabbing by that scrawny little neck and break it. Mm-hmm. Um, we did we did hear something very important this match though. Flair's not here tonight. He's injured and having MRI on his or MR whatever. He's getting his knee scanned, whatever. After last week's attack, um, this match, you Morris for some reason kept teasing a top rope move. Woo! Who cares? The <laughs> dude, you're that big. We don't care. Don't go to the top rope. Stop. Seriously, what you're gonna do is hurt yourself. He ended the match with a top rope moonsault and pending one, two, three, which Nick Patrick finally decided to count right. This, uh, yeah, this went too long. The, like you said, the most entertaining was Teddy Long arguing with um, Nick Patrick. That got interesting at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, the match was nothing wrong i mean i didn't like the whole teasing the top rope every time blah 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 just two guys that i really don't care about but this is our one they're unopposed they don't need to throw big names out here nope not at all blah there's <laughs> nothing but blah I mean, that's about the only thing you can uh, – that's, that's about the only thing you can make of this match. It was blah. <laughs> it was blah, and I'm honestly – I'm done with the whole Nick Patrick thing at this point. Oh, I'm, I was done three weeks ago. It was something that should have been done, uh, like uh, – but from pay-per-view to pay-per-view angle. Yep. Not – 
draw down all summer, almost all summer. To, well, yeah, because that's what started a hog wild when he pulled. I mean, that's really when it started, when he pulled um, uh, by, by, by Scott Hall out of that splash. And yep. that was, what, two months ago? At this point, yeah. Yeah. Totally done. Seriously. Yeah. All right. So what would you give this? I gave this one a D plus. It's like I said, it was just <clears throat> couldn't make heads or tails of what was going on with the match. I don't really care about either wrestler at this point. And again, it's more of the Nick Patrick BS. I mean, that's pretty much the match. I I can't argue with that. I was a little nicer. I gave it a C, but I can't argue with a D. I could, I mean, you could have gave this an F and I'd have been like, okay, that's cool. If you'd have gave it anything over a C, I would have probably had you committed <laughs> but yeah i mean this was just way too long and it got old fast absolutely and speaking of old our next match we have greg valentine versus lex luger <sighs> yeah this <laughs> luger has the injured back from his attack for Arn anderson last week I wrote, I smell angle. Okay. I was wrong, but I, okay. Okay. So Valentine works his back almost the entire match. Luger can't suplex him because of his back. Okay. Arn Anderson's watching in the back. So what is going on with the horseman? Are they faces? Are they heels? Or are they faces versus the NWO and heels of the rest of the roster? I'm assuming everybody is is just if you're against the NWO a face and the rest of the roster you revert back to whatever you are supposed to be. Um if it's well, I remember Bischoff talking about this in a I believe it was an interview or something, or it might have been on one of the DVDs, but it has something to do with, um, I believe he was over in Japan and he noticed, or he had seen that they were doing something within the promotion where they had a completely, well, not almost it, well, it was kind of separate, but together, like they were all a part of like the big umbrella, but they had a separate little like organization within the wrestling organization and he wanted to bring that idea to the west so with that the nwo was born and i mean as we see later on down the road they literally tried to have wcw and nwo as their own separate entities i guess you could say Mm -hmm. um as we now know 25 years later didn't quite work out the way they wanted it to um, but you know, beating dead horses and whatnot. Um, but I think essentially that's what they were doing. It was like, you know, you're either team WCW or not, and that whole thing. So, especially when it comes to groups like the horsemen or even the dungeon of doom, like it's confusing because you guys are heels, but when the, when Hall and Nash or Hall Nash and Hogan or any variation of the NWO comes out, suddenly everybody's a baby face and 
it gets really confusing and it will get that much more confusing the later down the road we get. Yeah, um, all that. I, good history lesson on the NWO. But Valentine versus Luger, back to that. Uh, yeah, Arn's watching in the back. So, you know, he's going to fight Luger at, I guess, Halloween Havoc. DiBiase and, I'm going to say, Virgent, Vincent Virgil, whoever he is at this point. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> they're in the crowd. Ah, this is just... Hogan's going to make an announcement later in the night. Blah, blah, blah. Valentine was using the ropes. Referee Mark Curtis caught him. Luger does get him up the torture rack. Now, does he have a bad back or not? Couldn't yeah, suplex that, him. that was weird. Su couldn't suplex him, but then gets him the torture rack. He gives up really quickly, and Luger wins it. That didn't make a lick of sense to me. But, I mean, overall, this was a solid little match between Luger and Valentine. Valentine can, can't go like he used to, but he's still kind of a name, Greg the Hammer. Mm -hmm. He's just here to put younger guys over, which is fine. That's nothing wrong with that. He got a nice pop when he was doing some offense. Crowd knew who he was. Oh, yeah. This is Memphis. They know their stuff. Um. But again, this is just a symptom symptomatic of the first hour. This was bleh. But better than the last two. Maybe that's why I gave it a C plus. Said so just C's, but it was still bleh. Didn't really do much to further the Luger Arn Anderson feud because I would have just had him completely sell the back and can't use it, beating some other way, like a roll up. Something where, you know, it's not, I'm picking this big 300-pound man up because my back's apparently just fine now. Right. Or yeah, had didn't really make sense. Or had him pick him up and have Arn Anderson come out and blast the crap out of him again. Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't have done oh, that. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have done that. But maybe have Arn Anderson distract him and cost him the match, just piss him off some more. But, yeah, C-plus for me. It was it was short. I will give it that. It wasn't very long, but yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> and as I said, this is yet another one where I'm inclined to agree. Because I mean, I mean, I'd say I gave this one a C plus two for the simple fact that yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, that last match was a pure stinker. Like in my like, yeah, it was a stinker. I did not like that match at all. Okay, but but this match, I mean, and. That is one thing, yeah, that was kind of a gripe of mine, too, when you brought up about the torture rack, because I thought the same thing. I'm like, wait, so you mean to tell me Valentine was working his back the entire match? You can't suplex him because it hurts your back. Suddenly, you can get him in the torture rack and win by submission? Like, wow, I mean, Lex Luger has heart, I guess. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what makes sense. It's like, if you're going to work the back, man, like, you got to work the back, like, if I'm in a match and my and my knee got busted up in the locker room, 
then I'm not going to go out there and, you know, run and jump and hippity hop and all that mess. I'm going to go out there and try to wrestle the match, you know, try to make sure I'm working the right leg. And I mean, if I want to do some hero crap and that's in the booking, then that's one thing. And that's a little more believable. It's like, oh, he pulled off a spinning heel kick. Oh, my goodness. One, two, three. But like. Then you get up and sell, keep selling the legs. It hurt you, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But this was just torture act. All right, I won. All right, let's let's go, man. I'm ready for I'm ready for a beer. Let's get out of here. It's kind of like, dude. <laughs> if it was somebody smaller, I could buy it. But Valentine's a big dude. He's got to be like 250. Yeah. 240, 250. That doesn't uh non-logistical, unlogical, illogical, whatever fake word I want to make. Well, illogical is actually a word, but whatever word you want to use. This was just bad booking. I don't know if it was booked that way or Luger just said, well, this is my finish. I've got to use it. I don't know. C plus for me. Yep. C plus is all around. Oh, you too. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. You want to move on? Yep. All right. So after that match, uh, we get Tony Schiavone telling Nick Patrick that, uh, Macho Man was indeed fined, but it was only 500 bucks and not the crazy $1 million that Nick Patrick was like, yeah, I'm totally going to fine you a million dollars. So, uh, yeah, which obviously Nick Patrick wasn't very happy about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who, who really thought Macho Man was going to get fined a million dollars by a referee? Maybe two people. Nick Patrick and his mom. Yep. She's friends with Buff Bagwell's mom. <laughs> they party up on forklifts. <laughs> yeah. Um, nah, this was this was stupid. Oh yeah, the whole thing is just weird. <laughs> this whole Nick Patrick thing is just weird. I wrote why am I listening to Nick Patrick? Why? Why am I hearing why he talking? Why am I hearing promos from a ref? <laughs> I mean, that was long story short, right there. It's like, yeah, why why am I supposed to care about this? <laughs> that can only mean one thing, folks. It's hour two. Hour number two. Woo! Tanae. <laughs> the brain. No Bischoff. Oh, wait. There's Bischoff. Dang it. I was so happy I wrote no Bischoff. Never mind. <laughs> yep. Bischoff was there. And uh, oh, before we get into this next session, I was going to go ahead and say, uh, talk about cringe. But anyway. <laughs> this irritated me so bad. You're in Memphis. You have Randy Savage. I wrote this. He should be in a main event match and match. I'm sorry. This whole. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. This is. Yeah. This is, I mean. I was gonna say, yeah, like I was gonna say, how do we discuss this? I mean, you can't really discuss it as a match because the match never happened. 
yeah, it was Mike Enos comes down and he's supposed to face Macho Man. Like, okay, I can see that. This will be a quick match. Macho Man hits the elbow, match over. Nope, nope, nope. Bischoff decides to decides to play the people at the mall around Christmas and bamboozles and ambushes him right there on the ramp, asking him, does he want to try their moisturizer? <laughs> Here's a tip, folks. If you see those people, make sure you keep your eyes up and see them way out there. Then as you walk by, look to the right and never make eye contact. Always look to the right or the left, whatever side you're, or no, the right, because you're always, yeah. Look to the right and always look at the windows and just keep a little peripheral to what's in front of us. You're not running into anybody, but never make eye contact with them and they'll ignore you. Nope. That's how they get you. That's your pro tip for the day. Macho Man should have done that and paid no attention to Bischoff. Yep. This, I'm trying to think of how, like, the level of cringe this would be. This would probably be the same level of cringe as when I was in high school and back when there was, like, movie rental places. And one Friday night, my dad brought home American Pie. I was like 12. Hmm. Yeah, that was awkward. Yeah, I could see that. That would be pretty awkward. Or those puberty videos they used to play for us in school. There you go. When they would separate that. the when they'd separate the boys and the girls. That's it. That's the level of cringe. We're we're right there with Miss Elizabeth in a swing. <laughs> and not like the fun sex swing, just the old rope swing. So get your mind out of the gutter, me. <laughs> this. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, my goodness. I mean, her, she was sitting in a swing under a tree. And I'm like, this is a perfect, like, public service announcement for something other than this. I mean, if she, I mean, she was like sitting there and she could have like, this could have been the commercial for Stexus. Because she could have sat there and said, do you have a problem with Stex? Well, you need to take Stexus. It will relieve all your problems. But no, she's whining because Randy won't talk to her because I don't know. I don't care. This was. They always said that wrestling was like a soap opera for guys. This was like a bad daytime soap opera. It was bad. Like and Randy was somewhat trying not to cry. Yeah. You've got Randy Savage in Memphis. And you've got him crying on TV. Oh. <laughs> I can't. That was just, I don't know. If you want to watch this, and I don't suggest you do, if you haven't seen this yet, just skip this whole segment. Just skip until you see Eddie Guerrero in the ring. <laughs> Be done with it. Yeah, do yourself a favor and fast forward. It it didn't take very long. I will say that. It was it was kind of quick. The match never happened. Mike Enos just 
got left like dumped like a prom date sitting in the middle of the ring. Thanks for coming. Guess they paid him for an entrance that night. <laughs> it was called out a billable council. Yeah, this awkward, pointless. No one cared. No one cares about Macho Man Elizabeth at this point. They had their wedding. They had their moment. It's over. Blah. Let's move on. C minus. Oh, you graded it? I I did, and I was nice about it. Because this I was, was like, uh, yeah. I didn't even grade it. I was just kind of like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> And my thing is, like, why would you do this two weeks before Halloween Havoc? Like, I mean, okay, I know it's probably a work, but at the same time, like, you know, I don't get it. That's like, you know, like, if you're getting ready for, I don't know what it is you, you folks may do for a living or hobbies you may have, but okay, say you're Okay, I'll use me as an example. I, I like to play video games. So say I'm getting ready for this like major tournament. You know, I've been ready. I'm about to take on the championship team or whatever. And all of a sudden, uh, I don't know, say Drew like stops me during some weird interview or something and says, uh, oh, uh, here's a message from your ex. And it's just weird, very well produced video of her sitting in a swing that I built and she's just like I just need you to talk to me Arnold please oh please I just want us to be happy again you know some crazy mess and here we go I'm just like well I'm just gonna cry my way out of the esports arena real quick and hop in a limo <laughs> yeah that limo was very convenient right like he almost knew he was going to be leaving right after this. Or did he just jump in some limo and force some limo to take him? Bah, moving on. I, I'm done. Yes. Sorry. I'm, t I'm hijacking our show. <laughs> Next match Eddie Guerrero versus Cheetah Kid. Tiger Mask knockoff. Kind of, yeah. Did you? I had to look it up, and it took me a while of Googling to figure out who Cheetah Kid was. Did you know who it was? Rocco Rock. Rocky. <laughs> it was Rocky Ayakawa. I never could never say his name right. Ayakawa. Ayakawa. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was a quick, quick squash, frog splash, one, two, three. Eddie wins. <laughs> Did I miss anything? <laughs> I think there's a guy that looks like your divorced aunt with a pack of Marlboros going to the mall dressed in the ring with the leopard print. <laughs> I think uh, you must not have blinked that entire time because that was pretty much the match. Oh, it, there was... And then... This was three-minute squash. Done. Yep, that was, a, that was it. It's like, hey, you got an entrance? Welcome to the WCW. Uh, thanks for coming. Check yeah. by the door. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the, I don't like the cheetah kid gimmick. Little. No. 
little weird to me. Like, and when we say cheetah kid, this dude's dressed like a cheetah with a mask, leopard like cheetah print, cheetah print tights. Mm-hmm. I was say, it was like a tiger mask off a of wish. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. But Eddie goes over quickly, and I guess we're getting Eddie versus DDP's cigar at Halloween Havoc. I'm liking it. I gave this an A minus, and just the minus is from the Cheetah Kid kit thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, bringing it back. There we go. Um, yeah, the, che- the Cheetah Kid thing was weird. Like, I mean, y'all can't see what I'm doing, but I'm doing, he's doing that little weird thing with his fingers and his hands and his arms. You like know, the cat's little... like, wow. Yeah. Like, wow. And he kept doing it. It was really weird. <laughs> I was like, I'd have quit after maybe the second time. I was like, all right, y'all get the point. I'm like a cat. But like... <laughs> Some of my friends call me whiskers. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I'm done. I apologize for that, everybody. Um, <laughs> oh, I hate myself. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, other than that, this was a nice, quick squash. You know, we haven't seen Eddie on TV in a little while. Uh, he's been in Japan. Um, I, don't, I don't think they mentioned, I don't remember if they mentioned that or not. I just happened to do that offhand. But um, yeah, nice, quick squash. I'm ready for DDP versus Eddie Guerrero. Got to regain the honor of the Guerrero family name. Even though he beating at Clash of Champions, we have to have a rematch because he's put jumped in post-match and turned heel. Okay. I'll take any Eddie Guerrero DDP match you want to throw at me. <laughs> Absolutely. And I need to give my grade for this one. I gave this one an A. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then again, like, unlike some weirdos on Twitter, I'm, I'm an Eddie Guerrero fan. I always have been. Yeah, I'm glad we got over that. And the idiot that's like, why is Eddie Guerrero? Blah, 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 he's a B player. Oh, shut up. Viva la, Viva la Raza, your ass. Pardon my French. That's all. I mean, that's what Eddie does. It. He does it for la raza. I don't even know what that means, but I like it. <laughs> I like Eddie Guerrero. He was great. Some guy just wanted to be known on Twitter, and everybody shot him down quickly. I like it when the internet community can come together and just say no just no everybody agrees on this no (laughs) ah our next match this the only thing that would have made our next match more perfect is if somebody would have let lance russell do this match on commentary (sighs) this was this was memphis Oh, absolutely. Perfect. Absolutely. Perfecto. We get Big Bubba with Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart, where to get his start? Or his big break? Or, yeah, I don't know. I think he started in Memphis. In Memphis. Versus J-A-R-R-E-T-T-J Jeff Jarrett. Uh, this, and I wrote, this should have been the main event of this match or this card should have been Double J versus Macho Man. That Ooh. would have blown the roof off of this place. 
Oh, yeah, hands down. Just in a friendly match, have them shake hands beforehand. Whoever goes over, I don't care which one, have them raise the other hand, hug at the end. They're both baby faces. They're both mm-hmm. in Memphis. And the have, crowd would have popped huge. Have Jimmy Hart out there just for poops and giggles. Just because, hey, it's Memphis. Stick Jimmy Hart out there. That would have been perfect. Especially when we see what we got for the main event. <laughs> yep. But anywho, back to this wonderful match. They point out that Jeff Jarrett can't really sing, so they're mocking Rawls' angle. Love it. <laughs> I did Love like it. that. I like that a lot. That was beautiful. Uh, I wrote in all capital letters, Jeff Jarrett is over like God in this building. His dad built this building. Yep. In a way. I mean, not really, but <laughs> if it wasn't for every Monday night, it would have been torn down long ago. Hmm. Uh, Jimmy Hart has a lot of history here. I mean, the first family feuding with Lawler all those years. Go back and watch the Memphis wrestling folks. It was great. Oh, yeah. Like late 70s, early 80s. Lawler, Austin Idol, Harley Race, Terry Funk, Andy Kaufman. Um, all the good tag teams, the Von Brauners. I think I mentioned them earlier. The interns, the assassins. Were the assassins in Memphis? think so yeah the assassins oh my goodness Hmm. (laughs) yeah bobby heenan back in tennessee as well i mean heenan really got his known mainly from indiana with him and bockwinkle but still ah jimmy hart take took the best manager bump I've ever seen here. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how he didn't kill himself. Also, I thought he was legitimately, legitimately hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being honest. So, yeah. So, this match was, you know, back and forth. A lot of Jeff Jarrett getting a strut in, getting the crowd to pop every time he Every did it. time. Yeah. I'm not saying that it got softer either. It was Big pop. I'm not talking Road Warrior pop, but I'm talking nice pop. Yeah, but... <laughs> oh, so... Jimmy Hart went went to throw the megaphone in. Jeff Jarrett clocked him. I mean, it, it, they replayed it. Maybe punched him in the chest, but we'll say clocked him. <laughs> As he's on, and Jimmy just takes the full, like, was going to the nasty plunge kind of bump off the back of the apron, but his legs got caught in the ropes, flipped him upside down. I'm not sure. I didn't know. It. You couldn't see how he hit the ground, but that could not have felt great. And I'm sure that's not how he wanted to take that, but looked spectacular. Yeah, it did. It did. It looked great. Like I said, I'm sitting there like, oh my God, he might really be hurt. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a just a shoot bump. <laughs> mm-hmm. Look like he tried to plant himself by like head first into the concrete out side of the ring. Uh, but as he got the megaphone, or he threw the megaphone to Big Bubba as he got decked, 
but Jeff Jarrett turns around and drop kicks it right into Big Bubba's face, and that looked pretty because he hit it right in the perfect spot. Oh, yeah. You can see pieces flying, too. Oh, yeah, broke the megaphone. <laughs> that was oh, yeah. done perfectly. Jarrett wins one, two, three. I mean, he had to go over that to set the seats on fire. <laughs> they had to burn that place down. <laughs> this lost. Yeah, this was a love letter to Memphis for this match. I just really wish it could have been versus Macho Man or a tag team match. Jarrett Macho versus Big Bubba and um, somebody else. Are you Morris? Have that match here. Cut that first crap out. Big Bubba. And you, Morris, versus Jeff Jarrett and Macho Man as your main event. That would have been. All right, that would have been a good one. Bubba and you, Morris, can take the heat because they're nobody big. Jarrett and Macho Man can win. Here's your finish. Okay, here's your finish. They get, I don't care, pick Bubba or you, Morris. Jeff Jarrett gets him in the figure four. As he's laying down in the figure four, Macho Man drops the big top rope elbow on him. Bam. He lay, He's laying down. He's knocked out from the elbow. He's, knocked, he's held down by the figure four. Ding, ding, ding. Faces win. Babies go in the air. You can still have the same manager you could still have saw the same interference by jimmy hart throwing in the megaphone drop yep. kick to the face or you oh, can do yeah. that then the elbow jarrett rolls out macho man hits the elbow one two three throw the babies in the air memphis would have went nuts yep, yep. except instead we get the most anticlimactic ending ever but we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> Um, I obviously gave this an A. This was beautiful. This was pro wrestling all over the place. Good finish. Yes. Good working. Good match. I loved it. Jimmy Hart. Poo poo. Love it. What about you? Oh yeah, I was like this one easily match of the night for me. Um, it's like it, like you said, I, was, I mean, you could put it any way better. It was definitely a love letter to the city of Memphis. You know, a lot of wrestling history there. And, you know, basically in a house that Double J's daddy built. Like you said. Um, yeah, it was just, it was fun to watch from beginning to end. And getting the crowd pops at really any given moment of the match was just absolutely beautiful. And honestly, from what we're about to get, this should have been the main event. This should have been the main event. I mean, because you, like, the crowd erupted as soon as Jeff Jarrett hit the curtain. Come out, doing the old Fargo strut. Everybody was, ah! Like, that should have been your main event. Mm -hmm. Leave him smiling. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But no. And folks, we're not even to the main event yet. But yeah, match mm -hmm. of the night, Matt, easily. I mean, that's like being the tallest kid at Midget Camp. But yeah, this was this was good. This oh, was yeah. good. Uh, so what do we have next? 
Next, we have your WCW Tag Team Champions, Harlem Heat, of course, with uh, Colonel Parker and Sister Sherry, taking on the Faces of Fear, Ming and the Barbarian. Yeah. Non-title. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know where to go with this one. I mean, this was it was okay. Nothing wrong with it. It was a good match. It was just weirdly placed. Um, why? I mean, why non-title? I guess, especially when you see the ending. Why? What does it matter if it's non-title? Right. That's boils down to, and it seems like this is one of those ones where. Uh, just kind of throughout the match, certain things just seem a little overbooked, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Memphis homecoming, Colonel Parker. He's from Dyersburg. Yep. I mean, he's a he's a Fuller slash Welch. Which another there's there is not a member of the Fuller Welch family in any like like the Observer Hall of Fame, the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. If you don't know who the Fullers and Welches are, they are like the first big family of wrestling. They started almost, not saying, I won't say single-handedly, I don't want to put this. They were one of the first families of wrestling. Started like in the ni- like the 1900, like early 1900s. Oh, wow. Like 1908, 1912, somewhere along in there. Sheesh. Yeah, I mean, then you got Robert Fuller, all of them. But just look them up. I'm not going to go through all the Welches. There's too many of them. <laughs> Colonel Parker is one of them. But, yeah. So, Parker and Sherry refuse to put up the belts for this match. I mean, it is just the faces of fear. But, so we start out. They have, they're, they're matching. They're wrestling. Great. Benoit and Mongo come down to scout. Because they're going to face the faces of fear at Halloween Havoc. Totally looking forward to that one. Um, that top rope over the head, belly to belly. I was worried a little bit there because that just about paralyzed them. Did you? Catch oh, that? no doubt. That was, oh my God. Well, that was huge. <laughs> Hold on. Mongo and Ben, Ben, Mongo, Benwall and Mongo were down there. Yes, it was. That, oh, yeah, that top rope <laughs> over that belly so. belly was scary. Like, like I thought they were going to fall off the top rope because they weren't up there too great. Then he just threw him and he almost didn't rotate over. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, <laughs> but hey, I guess it was all in the in the name of entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Harlem Heat were getting thumped for a while. They made it. They started a comeback. Then here comes the outsiders in the crowd. Then all four of them in a 
sign of solidarity, go to meet the outsiders and the outsiders leave, but I guess the match just ended. This wasn't, mm-hmm. I mean, the match itself wasn't terrible till this. Yeah. The outsiders crashed. back to my comment about overbooking. Like, yeah. Right. Why well, was the, Mongo and Ben Walter? Like, I mean, if you guys are trying to push storylines along, pick one or the other. <laughs> we don't need everybody and their cousin in the crowd or at ringside or These... watching in the back or up in the rafters or, you know. We don't need all that. Yeah. We haven't got the up in the Raptors thing yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, I, I'm talking – I'm so negative about it now because I know what's coming, but I didn't at the time, so this was still okay at this point. Um, but these two could have had a good match. They did have a good match for what they had. I, I mean – their faces of fear aren't the big tag team they're gonna put over at this point, but there's no shot of them winning the belts. But this could have just been a match. This whole outsiders coming out to distract and was pointless. Oh, it didn't cost Harlem Heat the match. It was stupid, pointless. I kind of just graded this on what the match was instead of the other crap. Mm-hmm. And like I said, these two okay, ha- could have okay. a good match. They had a good and, match. And, I gave this and a, honestly, I, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with that. I mean, for what it was, the match itself was not a bad match. Um, <clears throat> it was like all these these guys are all capable workers. I mean, Harlem Heat, I guess, is in the – yeah, they're in the Hall of Fame um, for what that's worth, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, I've always enjoyed watching Harlem Heat as a tag team. Um then again, I mean, it was nice for some representation, as it were. And uh, not so much of his takes now, but, I mean, I've always been a Booker T fan. I've just always enjoyed watching him in the ring. So, I was kind of biased. Um, <laughs> but, nah, uh, overall, though, I gave this one a B. Um, like, these were just four big men doing big moves on each other, and it was just fun to watch. Probably yeah. this next segment. You know what's not fun to watch? <sighs> Segments that end the show where it's just people in the ring talking. Or, I don't know. End of match. Mm-hmm. End the show with a match, please. It's not that hard. This is a wrestling show. End it with the guys who are in the ring. No. If they have something to say, there's your time to say it. Or beat the crap out of the guys you just beat in a match. Yeah. Right. Or beat the crap out of somebody I care about. Because they're about to beat the crap out of somebody. I just don't care about them. <laughs> Even though I had, the last time I saw them, I had praised nah. the crap out of them. Now I'm not, and it's not their fault. So the NWO, all 11 billion of them come down the ringside. Hogan cuts a promo. Great. And here comes Public Enemy and NWO shirts with papers in their hand. And they tell Hogan they've got their contracts here, but Hogan forgot to sign them. Then Hogan tells them they shouldn't be wearing their collars. They haven't officially been signed yet. And the NWO and Hogan jump Public Enemy. 
Remember when the NWO came out and it was actually kind of cool? We are already past that. We are past that. It's getting old fast. I mean, if this would have been the top of hour mm-hmm. two, the end of hour one, whatever, anywhere else in the show, this would have been fine. This would have been fine. This end of the show. The NWO jumping public enemy. I mean, that was... Why? I guess just as they wanted to send the crowd home grumpy. Right. Or half happy because half the crowd's NWO at this point. Don't get it. Yep. I, I don't get it. The one thing I wrote is this crap went up against exactly Austin and right. Shawn Michaels. I don't know if they did like quarter hour ratings back then like they do now, but I can guarantee you Raw smashed I'd, I'd say so at this point because it's like, I'm going to listen to Hogan yeah. go on about how great he is. Parker watch Austin and Shawn Michaels on USA. I mean, I'm... <laughs> public enemy. They tease public enemy joining the NWO. Which I will say is kind of funny because one of Hogan's big lies that he's told is that the NWO was all his idea and it was supposed to be him, the booty man, and the public enemy. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Nope. No. Could you imagine that? Would that have gotten over like the NWO did? Don't get me wrong. This this was over with the crowd. But they don't, you know, they're not probably looking at their watches realizing what time it is. Oh, yeah, I can't see it. They're just watching a wrestling show. They probably think they got a match coming on after this. And the NWO goes over and they chase off the announcers and they take over the booth again because we've not seen that 7,000 times at this point. But did you catch Kevin Nash's line when they were bashing Harlem Heat? Uh, Dude, why are these guys called Harlem Heat? Those are two guys, those are two rednecks from Texas. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, right. yeah, I mean, let's just bash kayfabe over the head with a hammer and leave her laying. Have you ever seen that video? It was some WWE I've show. Seen that. I've seen a screenshot of that. Listed one of the producers as kayfabe. That's hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. But the, what wasn't hilarious was this segment. It was dumb. It was... I've seen it too many times. It didn't need to end the show. Like I said, anywhere, I gave this a D. <laughs> I almost was an F, but I, the Kevin Nash line did pop me. Um, but anywhere else in the show, this probably gets a C plus B somewhere along in there. Depends. But to end the show, this was just rotten. I could have turned this show off after the Harlem Heat match and just never been any the wiser of this. Which I'm sure some people did and just went over and watched Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin. Yeah, but hey, D for me. I mean, I'll give you that one. D's for dumb, and this was dumb. Because uh, my thing is you can, all, you can watch people take over an announce table so long before it's kind of like, why are we still doing this? This is kind of pointless. Can we move on to something else now? Let's take over the whole show. Like, you know, make it interesting. 
Like add some variety. Do you want to hear Honestly, Kevin yeah. Do you know how funny that would be? For two hours? Okay, everybody, this is Kevin Nash. Hey, yo. This is Chico. I don't like, know if I could come do. on now. That'd be hilarious. I wouldn't watch it past that, but it'd be funny. It would be for, let's say, it would oh, be for about 15 yeah. minutes and then be like Chris Collinsworth on the NFL. Mute. Does it, okay. I know we don't talk about football, but I like football. Does anybody like that guy? How does he have a job? He has to have a picture of whoever runs NBC with a goat. Has to. Has to have a picture of him with a goat or a donkey or something because there's no way somebody that's that universally hated. The reason he trends every Sunday at their job (laughs) can keep it. He does. He trends on every social media platform every Sunday night, and it's the same thing. Fire Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth sucks. What kind of idiotic take does he have this week? This guy's like ear rape. I mean, it's all. Oh, here now, here's the guy who catches the ball. He's got a water receiver. Well, no crap, Sherlock. I mean, I feel like most people watching this. I mean, okay, let's put it this way. If you're watching football with somebody who doesn't really watch football, they're not going to ask Chris freaking Collinsworth what a wide receiver is. They're probably going to look at you and say, hey, Drew, what does that guy do? And then you explain it to him. I don't need you to do that. You explain the play. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yep. There's Poor a reason Al everybody Michaels. watches Sunday night on mute. Poor Al Michaels. Nobody gets to hearing because, yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't listen to Scott Hall and Kevin Nash past 15 minutes. It'd be one match, no. it would be cool. I could see I it for like, one would... match. <laughs> Two hours. No. That was a fun intro. Next. <laughs> What's on Raw? Yeah, you, you done? <laughs> yeah, yeah like pretty this much. This whole thing, like, all right. So I gave this a D. It, what about you? Uh, or did you? When this went off, I was going to watch. Very live. I uh, was going to start mine or our other not mine games. Um, my next, yeah, very live, which is our next review. We'll be recording here in about five minutes and. Release the same day as this, but anywho, I was going to go watch this, but I just had to turn TV off and walk away for a while. I couldn't. This was so bad for just depressing. to end the show. That's it was depressing. It was D for depressing to end the show in Memphis. That had Jeff Jarrett and Macho Man on the show. Jimmy Hart, even Hogan. Yeah. Hogan was in Memphis. I can get that one. It didn't make but any not sense. This. And like I don't get why y'all needed to do this again. And yeah. As just let it be. Just let the show end after Harlem Heat and Faces of Fear. We didn't need the NWO and their fan club beating the crap out of the Nasty Boys because they didn't have Hogan's signature on a piece of paper. Like we said at the top of the show, it was a best of show. It was the worst of show. And hour one was bleh. Hour two picked it up with Guerrero, Jeff Jarrett. The Harlem Heat wasn't bad. 
and then it just went right back to blah. Oh, oh no, I did not. Um, yeah, so I gave it a give well, last part, did you say? <laughs> like, what's the point of this? Oh, D for dumb, D for depressing, D for don't do this anymore. <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't yell. I'm not yelling at our audience. Sorry, folks. I'm <laughs> yelling. That. Something 25 years ago that I can't change without a time machine. True that. All right. Well, that was a, and then the show went off and everybody was grumpy. Um, overall, it was lackluster. The mm. second half picked up because they were up against Raw, but the first half they just gave up and said, screw it. Here's what you get. Pretty Take much. it or leave it. There's not, nothing else to watch right now. Um, I can't wait to I can't wait oh, till yeah. Raw goes two hours and we get like actually competition. Can't I still can't believe it took Vince McMahon so long to say, you know what, we need another hour. But right now, if you look at Raw, is USA gonna give it either. to her? I, mean, I don't know what USA has at this point. Mm-hmm. I do remember. I know that. in a couple of years they're gonna have La Femme Nikita because I remember those commercials all the time. I've never saw the show. I just remember that because they ran the commercials through Raw. I could have swore I remember seeing that commercials for that on USA back in the day. Never heard of it. (laughs) Never heard of that. (laughs) Ah, but yeah, this show was nah at the best of it. Um. I gave this this overall is averaged out to I didn't give it it averaged out to a C plus, and this that was pretty much saved by Eddie Guerrero and Double J, huh. and okay, uh, Malenko. Memphis definitely deserved better. Um, I was like, but this one is like I went with the C. Memphis deserved better. It's a flat C. Like honestly, like the whole NWO thing at the end that just kind of killed the mood for me in this one. It was just. Especially, I mean, especially when it came to that second hour. And that second hour, like, they were just about hitting on all cylinders. Just about. And that just kind of stalled the engine, so to speak. So, yeah, this has got a solid C for me. And honestly, um, for where they were, for the crowd they had, they definitely could have done better. Yeah. Uh, it is exactly. what it is, I guess. Though, yeah. What you gonna do? Can't rebook it. Can't go back and do it again. It's live TV. But yeah, I mean, Memphis deserved better. But I mean, that, mm-hmm. it's 1996. We'll get better. Oh, oh, good. Could be worse. It could be 1995 raw. <laughs> <laughs> Could be worse. Could be 1994 Raw. Could be worse. Could be any time before 1990 (laughs) or between 90 and 95. Anywho, C, C plus, close enough. No need to argue over that. Uh, But if you do want to argue with us, go to Twitter at AEWR pod, or you can reach us on email at aewr316 gmail.com so if you want to argue us give us a shout and i'll argue with you i like to argue with people (laughs) in a friendly 
back and forth banner kind of way. Almost a Halloween havoc. <sighs> so we're almost a Halloween havoc. Woo! Scary. Some of this booking oh, of the yeah. show was scary. <laughs> I'll say that. All right. Any final thoughts on this? Uh, uh, see. I don't have um, any final thoughts. Any final yeah, thoughts on this, Arnold? The only final thought I have is uh, can we not end the show with the NWO for once? Or if we do, can it be after a match and not them just kind of bum-rushing the announce table? I mean, that's really the only final thought I have here because, quite frankly, I'm tired of seeing us at the end of every Nitro. And this is just the beginning. That's my last thoughts on this. And uh, like I said, Drew has nothing to add there. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that was Nitro from October 14th, 1996. Drew gave you our socials there. So feel free to reach out. Love hearing from you guys. You guys are great. That being said, I've been Arnold. He's been my tag team partner, the big Drewski. And we're staring up at the lights. One, two, Dick Factor count. Three.